This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions because it's time to dish the dirt. On The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And joining in the fun and frivolity of our little Saturday morning sessions here, <laughs> yours truly, Frank Proctor. Oh, we wouldn't have chef. nearly as much fun if oh, you weren't here. Exactly. You create the fun. Well, there you go. Well, fun, Frank. It's, <laughs> <laughs> I tell you, here we are in the studios in Liberty Village, and I'm sure even though this is a soundproof uh, room that we're in, you can almost hear those cars mm-hmm. down on the lakeshore, can't rum, you? Rum, on rum. Honda Indy? Man, oh man, are those Smell things loud. Smell that rubber. You got that. You got that, <laughs> my friends. Well, here we are, yeah. Ready to take your questions in just a couple of moments. Let me, Who's first of all, ready to take your questions? Well, we. Oh, we are. Oh. I'll, I'll facilitate things and mm. move the important stuff to you. Just clarifying. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Phone numbers are to reach Charlie Dobbin. This is part of the clarification, obviously. Th- that's right. Ah, yes. 416-360-0740 in Toronto. And then anywhere in the province, toll free, 1-866-740-4740. Damien is uh, operating the board today. Hey, Damien, thanks for being there. And make sure that if uh, you are a first-time caller, you let Damien know he'll pass the word on to me and you shall hear a little welcoming bell and um let's see oh yeah call Mantra. early call often one question per call okay otherwise patrolman proctor uh, pull pulls you right over <laughs> yes, yes indeed and paper lots of peas <laughs> uh okay not a lot of announcements we're into the real summer and yep. the horticultural societies are all on holidays there's just no horticulture in yeah, the summer. Exactly. No, I'm kidding. No, there's lots going on in the gardens, but it's, you know, not a lot going on in terms of meetings to announce. Or be, strangely enough, there's no big tours going on. Mm. They all seem to happen in June. Yeah. But in July, we do continue to have the free summer music series at the Toronto Botanical Gardens. Of course, Toronto Botanical Gardens is always there 12 months out of the year. Gardens of Song is every Thursday evening starting mm-hmm. at 7 p.m. right through until the end of August. There's concerts by an eclectic roster of popular artists all outside, set in the natural mm-hmm. beauty of the gardens, rain or shine. Speaking of rain, how welcome is this rain? Well, that rain, that yeah. Thursday night oh. deluge. Yeah, yeah. That was so great. Yeah, I was lying in bed, and I was lying there, and I went, does that sound like rain? Like, Because we had our air conditioning on, yeah, so yeah. you know, couldn't hear anything. I went, i got to go look, right? <laughs> so I opened the window, and it was like... Oh, Wind yeah. and lightning and thunder. It was like massive. I say, like, oh, great. I didn't yeah, just imagine this. Trees came down. Yeah. No, I know. That was the big wind. And I'm, I have very tall, some very beautiful, actually, very tall lilies 
in my garden, and they got knocked over by all that wind, which is Whipped, too bad. Whipped to pieces, yeah. yeah. Mm. Anyway, Steak, uh, most welcome. We, the, the province needs rain. I mean, well, and I, the conditions. good thing was that, yeah, that a big area did yep. get rain on Thursday, yep. so that was great. I was so happy because we were all starting down to get into water restrictions, you and that's always that. a drag when it comes to yep. gardening, when you can't water anything. So thank you for that. And, uh, yeah, so just to go back to the rain and TBG, Toronto Botanical Gardens, for more information to see who's playing on Thursdays. And remember, there's an organic farmer's market on Thursdays. There's a lovely cafe. Check them out at torontobotanicalgarden.ca. Uh, so we do have a special guest with us later oh, good, on the yes. show. Lorraine Roberts will be joining us. She's an author. She's a perennial specialist. She's a garden designer. And she's the owner of Plant Paradise Country Gardens in Caledon. So she's going to join us at about 9.30. Mm-hmm. So if any of you have perennial questions, burning questions, or wants some ideas on good combinations, or have, you know, color ideas, anything you want to mm-hmm. share, Lorraine will be with us for the, for the full half hour. So feel free to hold some questions and call up when Even there's, she's there's here. a chance of winning one uh, of those books. One of her beautiful yeah. books, which we will tell you how you can buy, but there's a chance to win one. So that's very special. So okay. you're going to want to listen for all that. All right. And we've got the uh, callers stacked up here, uh, nice. ready to rock and roll, yeah. after we hear a couple of notes from our sponsors here on the Garden Show from Zuma Radio. Don't change stations just because the weather changes. Garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And our master gardener is set and ready to rock and roll. Uh, Let's first of all welcome Ellen to the line from Brantford. Good morning, Ellen. Good morning. Morning. Thank you very much for taking my call. Our pleasure. Um, I'm calling about an eight-year-old beautiful nine bark that I had. Mm -hmm. Uh, About three years ago, it developed um, black limbs. Oh. I don't know how to describe it, but the leaves curled up and were black. So I cut them out. One, the first year, I cut out the black one, mm-hmm. and the second year, there were more. And this year, we cut it right down to the ground, mm-hmm. and we were going to dig it out because we thought it was beyond saving, and it's starting to grow now. Before we got to it, uh, it's starting to grow, and I'm wondering, should we give it another try, or is it contaminated beyond saving um not necessarily and it's a nine bark for sure yes and when you said black there is a a fungal disease called black knot where the stems of a plant get all gnarly and black you get these black almost two like tumors on the branches i don't think of nine bark as being highly susceptible to black knot it's more of something that happens to plum trees and cherry trees and purple sand cherries and some of those plants but okay. if that is what, what affected your, your nine bark, and the, remember this is a, a fungus that, uh, that runs inside the plant, but it starts on the tips and it works its way into the center. So that's why you do remove limbs in an effort to remove the fungus from the, the main plant. Uh, yeah. So there is a possibility that if it's growing up from the root, that it will be healthy, that you have eliminated the, any kind of an internal fungus. I would suggest, is it a purple leaf nine bark or what color are the leaves? Um, yeah, it's purple. Okay. Cause it's, it's a rusty purple. I'm... Yeah, yeah, well, the purple, and you say it was about eight years old, and it was yeah. it was about 10, or 10 years ago or more, actually more than that, about 12, 13, 14 years ago. The, the first real purple nine bark was 
brought into the ornamental market under the name Diablo. Lovely, lovely shrub with purple leaves, pink flowers. So it is possible that that's the one you have. And I'm going to just quickly look up and see if there is such a thing as black knot on nine bark. But um, but you know what? I would say let it grow. I mean, it's a a good looking plant anyway. Uh, And keep an eye on it. And I will report as I get the information here on whether black knot is likely uh, uh, something that does infest uh, the nine barks. Okay? Okay, that's wonderful. Thank you so much. Keep it healthy and happy, though. Don't let it suffer when it's dry, and and do remember to fertilize in the spring. Oh, I've never fertilized it. Yeah. Part of life, part of keeping our plants disease-free and all those important things is uh, keeping them, you know, stress-free as much as possible. So fertilizing everything in the spring is always what I try and do. And what do you use? Just in this case, a general flowering plant fertilizer. So because this is a flowering Mm -hmm. shrub or just an all-purpose 2020-20 kind of plant, kind of fertilizer. Okay. Okay. Yes, thank you very much. You're very welcome. Thanks, Ellen. Thanks for your call. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Have a great weekend. Thanks for being with us here on Zoomer Radio. Hey, Grace in Mississauga, it's your turn. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Good morning. Great. Great. How are you? Oh, I'm doing well. Um, Just a very very quick question. I haven't cut my grass in over a month. (laughs) Now, the, the back grass, you know, was nice and green. Okay, I have cut that. The front grass, like it's... Parched. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> but should I be cutting it? No. If it if there's nothing to cut, don't bother. Like there's a few little stray things that, you know, grow yeah. up. So I just take out the weed yeah. whacker there or whatever yeah. you want to call yeah. it. That works. I mean, we all saw all of our lawns come to a dead halt right. in the heat and the sun. Right. And then most of us were not watering our lawns, so they went dormant. So oh. there's a lot of yellow there. They're not dead, but they certainly went dormant. Uh, that's the great thing about turf grasses. They won't die okay. without water as long as it's only about, uh, you know, four or five, six weeks. Uh, if we get beyond the six-week point, then all of a sudden the plants, the turf can die. Right. So I think you'll find... Um, you probably got some good rain in the last few days as as all of the gta did so and as the weather is nice and cool i think you'll see some greening in the next few days and uh yeah we'll probably need to mow again in about 10 days but but i hear you i'm in exactly the same situation i got my my son out there mowing and he was going well where do i mow it's like well find the long grass just mow that i know but it's amazing like i watch my neighbors i'm going okay well why are you cutting your grass there's no grass because they're yeah. mowing on the calendar. Some people oh, do. Okay. They just have routines, you know. It's Tuesday. i got to mow the grass. Okay. All right. Well, thank you very much. Thanks, Thanks for so calling. Much, have a good morning. Bye-bye. Yep. Thank you very much. And uh, here we are on Zoomer Radio on a Saturday morning, as is our wont, to yes. uh, check in with you and you check in with us. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than you realize. Should small creatures become a big problem, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And out in Woodbridge, here is Diane exclusively on AM740. <laughs> hey, Diane, good morning. Good morning. Good morning to both of you. It's good to hear. Thanks for you. calling. And I'm glad, I'm glad this is exclusive. Yes, <laughs> totally. <laughs> I have some little critters around here. They're called ants. Mm-hmm. And they seem to be eating my mint and, and making little anthills and what have you. What would you recommend? Well, for sure they might be making little anthills, but I doubt they're eating your mint. Okay, what would be eating my mint then? Eh, well, there's a bunch of different critters that might Rabbits, eat mint. Possibly? 
Well, what are you seeing? You're seeing chewing from the edges of the leaves or chewing uh, holes in the center? Holes in the, in the leaves. Holes in the leaves from the edge or from in the center? Oh, just throughout. Throughout, yeah, like shotgun little holes. Yeah. Okay, so <clears throat> earwigs can do that sort of thing because they'll eat anything. They're not picky. <clears throat> it's amazing what earwigs will eat. Uh, so there's a few little, little bugs what like do you that. Mean not picky. I mean, we eat mint, so I guess. <laughs> well, but you think how strong mint is, and I've yeah. I've watched. I mean, think of marigolds, the strong aroma, right. and obviously the taste of a marigold. And I've watched earwigs chew on marigolds, and it's like that's crazy. How can they do that? <laughs> Doesn't right. that upset their stomachs? Right. But, but um, they'll eat anything. Uh, and mint, of course, you don't. Want them, it's very important to have good, healthy mint for right. mojitos and all those other, you know, mint right. juleps. Right. So um, ants are not like ants are scavengers. They eat dead stuff. They eat dead insects. They clean up, yeah, really. and they eat dead. They move, yeah. You watch them. You know, what, kill an ant and then watch all the ants congregate and then carry the dead ant home. Not for burial. Trust me. It's strictly just to feed the babies. Okay. So. Um, the uh, the hills, I would just try and stay on top of the hills. If you start to see them forming a hill, boiling water can make it an uncomfortable, you know, you open up the hill a little bit, pour the boiling water in, make it an uncomfortable situation so that they'll move on. Um, there are, uh, you know, ant out, which is basically bug be gone. I mean, you can spray them right. directly yeah. with that and that will kill on contact. Yeah. It will not kill deep down into the, the nest or the hill, but it will certainly, again, make it an uncomfortable situation. Okay. So boiling water, um, ant killer is just a borax and sugar um, bait that we put out. Same as the little ant traps mm-hmm. that inside those traps is borax and sugar. And the idea is that the ants take that sweet, sugary solution back to the nest and the borax, which is in very low concentrations, will kill the uh, animals down well, in the nest. My anthills come up at, like a bit, um, little hills mm-hmm. between my patio stones. Yeah, that, I know. It just means... So that, just boiling water would be good? Then? I would just do boiling water, exactly. Yeah, I wouldn't start lifting stones. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, sometimes the ant traps, I'll put them out because uh, mm-hmm. they're good outside in the weather. You know, the rain doesn't affect them or anything. They can just be out there and the ants will, will congregate and go in and take food back to the hill. So it's a slow process and the boiling water is just part of that. You know, move them on. <laughs> <laughs> Show them that this is Let's like, go, boys. Yeah, it's yeah. not a good spot to set up Nothing a hill. Nothing here to see. Move along. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because they do undermine the patio, right? They move all the sand out and, you know, set up a hill, and before you know it, your patio's collapsing. Not very look- nice looking. No, and, um, and yeah, just keep an eye on the mint. I mean, so you could go out at night once the sun has gone down with a little flashlight and, and take a peek at what might be chewing, because earwigs do all their chewing at night when we're not out there. Okay, so what do you do for them? Those guys, you can put out earwigs um, traps in the form of empty just bamboo poles or a little piece of hose because earwigs do not like the light. So they'll hide in these little traps you set out in the daytime and come out and chew your garden at night. So your job, if you do put out those little hotels, is in the morning, you have to pick them up and then you have to empty them. Into a pail of water. A pail of water, exactly. And then they'll drown in the pail of water and then you lay them back out in the garden to, you know, catch more the next you know, dawn sort of thing. Do you say like a small piece of hose or yeah. something? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anything that's hollow that provides uh, a hiding spot for the insect but also allows you to be able to pick it up and dump it okay. uh, works quite well for eliminating, again, not all your earwigs, but again, you lower the population. Well, that's basically yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay, that sounds great. All right. Thanks, thanks for calling. Thank you. All righty. Bye-bye. Goodbye Bye. now. Have a great day. Thank you. Uh, Josephine in Pickering, welcome to the show. Charlie is ready to hear what you've got to say 
Good morning, Charlie and Frank. How are you? Good morning. Good. Excellent. It's nice to see not high, humid temperatures oh, today. Yeah. <laughs> what I'm calling about, I'm the lady that had called about the uh, hydrangea plant that I started, but that's not what my question is. Mm-hmm. I also started a baby amaryllis bulb. Ah. Now, it has two leaves on it. It's growing quite well. Mm-hmm. What do I do with it? <laughs> well, so this is a little baby you cut off the mother? Well, it was growing off the mother. Mm-hmm. It came off quite easily. Mm-hmm. So you've got it in a little pot. Yep. All right. So With amaryllis soil. Yep, perfect. So what I would do is just keep that in that sunny location that it's in now. Is it indoors or outdoors? It's indoors, and it loves the kitchen window facing east. Oh, perfect. So you keep it in that kitchen window. You water it when it's dry. Be careful to not overwater, but it sounds like you're doing the right thing in terms of watering. Right. Those green leaves are going to grow the bulb because the green leaves are absorbing sunlight and through photosynthesis producing carbohydrate, which is enlarging that little baby bulb into a slightly bigger bulb. It's going to take a couple of years before this plant is going to flower. No, I have no doubts about that. But, it, you know, it is mm-hmm. a, a process. I, there's what about the winter months? Because let's face it, we don't get very much sun. Well, that's right. Now, what people will sometimes do is just allow the amaryllis to grow as a houseplant year-round. Right. Do not force it into dormancy at all. Just keep it in that sunshine and water as required. Of course, less water in the winter. Uh, and in a couple of years, it'll bloom. The okay. other thing people will sometimes do, and this is particularly done to initiate flowering, is force the plant to go dormant by stopping the water no liquid whatsoever remove it from the sunny location just put it down into a dark spot in a in a room that you don't go into and let it go to sleep and many people will do that towards the end of august right and then the plant will shrivel you know leaves will turn yellow shrivel up plant goes to sleep and then they'll bring it back into the sunny location and water again starting in early december well the second leaf has started it's about three inches high Mm. but the other leaf is about six inches Yeah, and there's no advantage for you to force this plant to go dormant Mm. because it's not going to flower anytime soon. No, just let it grow. I would let it grow. And next spring, you'll give it some, like, be careful about watering in the winter. You're right. You're not going to see a lot of growth. Right. Do fertilize next spring, though. Okay. Okie doke. Thanks an awful lot. You're very welcome. Have a good weekend. Thanks Thank for you calling. very much, Josephine. Right. I love You're that. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Alrighty, bye-bye I now. I love the idea that Josephine's got a little baby. She's nurturing along. Nurturing a little, little new member of the family. Yeah. Speaking of new members, we got a special guest. We do. Hey, good morning, Lorraine. Hello, Lorraine. Good morning. Good morning. You remember Frank? I do. Hi, Frank. Hi. Hi, Charlie. So, how's it going up there in Caledon? It's beautiful weather today. Nice and oh, cool. I'm so relieved. <laughs> Aren't we all after that That heat was wave. wicked. Uh, the high humidity. Oh, man. Good word. Wicked. It was wicked. Yeah. And, and think of Lorraine. She's outside, yeah. dawn till <laughs> dusk. She's got right. big gardens and a garden center. And she somehow fits in time to take photographs, beautiful photographs, and write books. So uh, tell us a little bit about your newest book, Spectacular Plant Combinations for the Perennial Garden. Well, probably one of the more commonly asked questions that I get at Plant Paradise Country Gardens is, of course, what perennial should I plant with uh, another perennial mm-hmm. to make a great combination? Mm-hmm. So it's, as this book is my new culmination of my continuing journey with perennials to, to create the garden, the botanical gardens at Plant Paradise Country Gardens. So I did all the photographs are taken here at Plant Paradise Country Gardens, mm-hmm. and um, Basically, I start off with describing, you know, to create the 
the best, the greatest impact in the garden is a pretty elusive skill for many gardeners. Yeah. So I start in the book uh, by choosing, I suggest choosing different flower shapes, contrasting yeah. flower shapes. Which is interesting because for most of us, what we see when we look at a garden is the color. And, and right away you're saying, yes, yes, color is important, but let's talk shapes, let's talk textures. That's right. So yeah. give us some examples of some of the flower shapes that, that you discuss in the book. Okay, so bloom shapes fall into, you know, many different categories, but the ones I describe in the book are spire shapes. Mm-hmm. Like, so for example, give us a, give us a plant Veronica. example. Veronica. 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 Speedwell. Yep. Uh, daisy shapes, of course, come mm. in all different kinds of uh, flowers. All the daisies, yeah. All the daisies, and yep. you know, and all the echinaceas, and right. and then there's button shapes. Uh, give, give us an example of a button shape. A button shape would be like a Minarda, uh-huh. a bee bomb. Yeah. And um, and then a ball shape, of course, uh, would be like alliums. Yeah, good example. Yeah. Clover. Pardon, clover. <laughs> clover. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, definitely. I've got those. Uh, <laughs> and plume shapes. Plumes mm-hmm. are beautiful. Um, plume shapes come in, they could be flocks even, or plumes. Yeah, a still bee. Is a still bee a plume, right? Yeah. Yes, it is. It's yeah. plumes. Yeah. And uh, then there's bell shapes I talk about. Bells. Lots of bells. Lots all of the bells. blue bells. Yes. Campanula. Yeah. All the campanulas. Uh-huh. And then there's umbrals, yep. which are like um, milkweeds. Right. Or umbrals. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joe Pye weed is an umbral. Yeah, yeah. And then there's frothy fillers. Right. Oh, okay. So give us an example of a frothy filler. Um, frothy fillers can cross categories, too, such mm-hmm. as geranium roseanne is a beautiful frothy filler because right. it blooms June to froth. Right. But it also has that daisy shape. Flower, right. Yeah. But another real frothy uh, filler is status. Status, exactly, yeah. yeah. Or baby's breath. Yes, baby's right. breath is a great frothy You filler. know, Lorraine, I, I hope that the listeners are really paying attention to what you're saying because, because their memory from the description of flower shapes could earn them one of your books absolutely free. And it is, I'm holding in my hand right now, it's a spectacular book. With Con- a spectacular name. Oh, <laughs> my gosh. Yeah, look at that. Yeah, I didn't even mean that. But spectacular plant combinations for the perennial garden, uh, written and photographed. Your photography yeah. is marvelous. Yeah. Oh, thank you. But it's, oh, it's, it's beautiful. Very nice, glossy paper, yep. so the photos bounce. Uh, and as you said, you know, the colors are gorgeous, but you, you do help. The, any of us with design ideas, putting some good combos together. Yes, I start in the beginning of spring, mm-hmm. and there's two sections. There's a sun section and a shade section. Right. We don't want to leave those shade people out. That's right. Um, but definitely, and so then each combination, I actually put my little designer notes mm-hmm. um, because I'm the designer of the garden. So mm-hmm. I start early spring and with different combinations, and it's like walking through your garden. Yeah. So if you you need different fillers at different times of the year, I yeah. definitely jump to that section. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. so many people that is exactly what happens. They've got a great spring garden, but then it's all green in the summer. That's right. Uh, or you know, great summer garden, but not such a great autumn garden. So that's that's one of the things I love about this book is you can just jump to the areas, seasons that you might be really lacking uh, inspiration for. Yes, yeah. Hey, speaking of inspiration, how did your Delphinium Days uh, festival go last weekend? It was fantastic of course the weather cooperated and when and uh, we had a great turnout i 
during those open days festivals, it's actually a free open house because there is usually a charge to visit and tour the botanical gardens. Ah. But during that weekend, I, it gives people the opportunity to join a group tour. Mm. And so we, it was full up. Every group tour, we had two tours each day, and each day was it was packed. A wow. lot of people, and a lot of people joined us for lunch also. So it was, it was a great, great uh, weekend. A lot of fun, always, and always you, fun. And that's lovely. And when you tour people, you're basically touring through the gardens. So you're identifying plants, answering questions about the plants, mostly perennials, obviously. It, yes, that's right. I'm doing When I do a group guided tour, I, I do it with a wireless microphone. There was oh, a group yeah. of, each group was about 40 people, 30 wow. to 40 people. Hmm. So I take them on a tour, and I do a history of the background of Plant Paradise Country Gardens. When it started, it, we were on 24 acres here. Mm-hmm. So it's an organic perennial nursery and garden center and botanical garden. So it's all all of those. And yeah. and I I explained to them that it's it's like I'm the one who tends all these gardens. I know. It's just me. Yeah, I yeah. weed them all. Wow. I care for them all. So it's all it's all about uh, timing, and, and we do it all organically. Yeah. And so the biggest question I think is weed control. <laughs> and we use actually when I'm weeding, I use my hula hoe. And when I'm weeding, I'm actually putting down corn gluten at the same time. Oh, good idea. So I only have to weed twice a year. So in the spring, in June, yeah. and then again in the fall. So I, do, I give all these little tidbits and yeah. I talk about the plant combinations and special plants. You know, always there's always interest uh, because it's mm-hmm. why we have that uh, festival during that weekend, always mm-hmm. the second weekend in July, is because... It's when the gardens are in, like, full yeah. glory, summer beauty, right? Yeah. And there's so much blooming and so much interest. Mm-hmm. So I'm always pointing out different combinations, and I'm talking about all, all the different ways you can combine plants. So I like that idea of using corn gluten after you're weeding, yes. uh, just laying that on the surface of the soil, obviously between the plants. Yes. And the reason you're doing that is so that in case any seeds blow in from weeds elsewhere yeah. on the 24 acres, yeah. Yeah. those uh, seeds will not germinate, and that's they right. won't suddenly pop up there wow, unexpectedly that's... two weeks later. It definitely reduces the amount of weeding. Yeah. I, I rarely, in the fall, I rarely have to weed yeah. uh, that much, but definitely I mix it in as I'm weeding. Right. So it has to touch the surface of the soil. So so unfortunately, those people who mulch, which I don't mulch, yeah. um, it's it's a you really can't do it that way with with uh, corn gluten. And you don't mulch because no. it, that you just don't have the time or, or no, no, ability. No, no, not or, that. Yeah. I don't like mulch. Oh, okay. Um, I I prefer to use compost mm. so as a top I, dressing. So that's we don't we actually maybe only watered our gardens once this drought season. Mm-mm. And I, of course, I water always newly planted yes. plants. Yes, yes, very consistently. And, yeah, very essential. You know, especially in this drought. Um, so, but in our gardens, because I use uh, mycorrhizal fungi when planting, mm-hmm. I also add the compost when planting, mm-hmm. and then I also add the organic fertilizer we use, right. and I mix that all in. But the, I found the key is the soil. It's all about yes. the yes. compost in the soil, so yes. it really uh, reduces my watering. And I really like that a lot better. Yeah. And when I use the corn gluten, I, I don't get any, hardly any weeds. Huh. So Cool. Yeah. So tell everybody where they could get a hold of this lovely book and learn okay. more about Plant Paradise Country Gardens. Um, well, to start off, Plant Paradise Country Gardens is located in Callanan, 
just north of Bolton, mm-hmm. and we're at 16258 Humber Station Road. But mm-hmm. probably the easiest way to get to us is on our website, mm-hmm. is where our book is available online mm-hmm. at plantparadise.ca, or he, on location here at, uh, at our um, garden center here. Okay. And we're open Wednesday to Sunday from 9 to 5. And we're in Caledon. Right. So we're just south of Highway 9 off Highway 50. Right. Yeah. Excellent. Very pretty place. All right. Now, Lorraine, you are going to do us the favor of staying on the line. Definitely. And we're going to see if we've got any callers here who have questions that you might have, you know, with your expertise, Mm want to jump in on. Sure. Uh, There might be something about perennials, but we'd also like to give a book away if possible. That'd be great. So what's our what's our uh, going to be our tough question that we're going to ask people to try and answer? Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I would like them to name three of the eight flower shapes that I mention and right. talk and discuss in my book, my new book, Spectacular Plant Combinations. Uh, so if they were listening, then right off the top, you did discuss eight different plant shapes. If anybody who's on the line now, now we do have the lines are full, filled, so we're going to go directly to Phyllis. She's calling from Alliston, and she's calling about hollyhocks. Oh. Okay. Yes. Yeah, Good, I'm morning. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, I'm calling in regards to uh, the leaf on the hollyhock flower, and it has all these little um, kind of brownish specks all over the back of it. Like somebody shot a shotgun. Yes. <laughs> and it has holes, of course. Yeah. I think that's being eaten probably by some insect. I don't know. But uh, these are all little tiny, like, specks all over the back of the flower. The yep. front of it isn't, but the, ba- the back of it is. Oh, on the flower or on the leaves? No, not the flower. Pardon me. Yeah, the leaves. leaves. Yep. The leaves. So do you grow any hollyhocks at your place, Lorraine? I don't grow any, okay. um, because but you, most, most of them are biannuals. True. Yeah. So, but you, we know that Phyllis in Alliston, growing hollyhocks, because they are so pretty, uh, is got, she's struggling with something called hollyhock rust, rust yeah. uh, which is what happens to the leaves very commonly. It's pretty unusual to not end up with rust on the leaves of a hollyhock. And the be- Phyllis, the best thing to do, you're not mm-hmm. going to eradicate that fungus. Rust is a fungus. What you're mm-hmm. going to do is you're going to plant something in front to the hollyhocks so you don't see those leaves, but you're still going to see the flowers towering up above. Uh, and that's honestly the best long-term strategy if you're going to grow hollyhocks is don't fight the rust, just cover the leaves It's because it's going to happen no matter what. Okay. All right. Yeah, this is the, uh, actually the first time I've grown them. Yeah, so. they are, yeah, they're pretty. I love them. Yeah, they're just really nice. You can take the seeds. Yeah, so just p- okay. think, think about a design idea. Maybe you want to pick up a nice book that will give you ideas and combinations. Yeah, did, right. Did you, have a, did you want to try and win a book there, uh, Phyllis? Did you have, want to pick, uh, see if you can come up with three flower shapes? Oh, I can try. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, three flower shapes? Yeah. Shapes. As, as um, mentioned by Lorraine right off, 10 minutes ago, right off the top of her interview. Oh, oh. <laughs> uh, okay, uh, like a tulip shape, a uh, rose shape, uh, um, uh, a lily shape. Okay, good. There's your three. And I'm going to just track what everybody's saying here, and I'm sure Lorraine is as well. And we will uh, make a draw from uh, make a draw from yeah. what what happens when we get to the end here. Okay. Thanks so much for your call, Phyllis. Yeah, thank you. Have a great day.
We have to take a little bit of a break here, Charlie. Uh, okay. uh, and when then we come back, we're going to go to uh, Cambridge to talk to a first-time caller, Aldina. Mm. Hopefully, maybe she can get entered for a, a winning uh, draw of that spectacular plant combinations. Lorraine Roberts' book. And Lorraine, of course, will stick with us. Yeah. We'll return, okay, right after these words here on Zoom Radio. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, Forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, fox, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Well, Aldina in Cambridge, thank you for being so patient and holding on to that line all this while. Welcome to the Garden Show. And? Good morning, Oh, Dad. Good morning. Uh, yeah, you know, you know what? Good I, morning, Aldina. I, good morning. I forgot what I was going to do is to... Ring that. Oh, yes. <laughs> Ring that. And you know why I'm, I'm so happy to be able to do that? It's because I take Sierra Sil. That gives me the strength. I could be a town crier. You could Christ ring sakes. that bell all day. Yeah, you just exactly. pain-free, joints are working really well. And, of course, just to quickly mention that Sierra Sil is something that both Frank and I take, and we just find ourselves able to stay active, pain-free, as I mentioned, simple, Completely natural mineral supplement. For more information, one eight seven seven joint fourteen or the web sierrasil dot com. S i e r r a s i l and okay, Aldina, what's on your mind? Hello, Aldina. We lost. Her. Oh goodness me, we, we off the line. Oh, son She's of a gun. Gone. Well, She's call gone. call back then. Okay. Uh, okay, and, and Nick is on the line. Nick is on the line. From Toronto. Hello, Nick. Uh, good morning, Frank and Charlie. Good and morning. Morning. There's another uh, bell for you. I first time, a first time caller, yeah. but I've been listening to the station <laughs> and your show for a long, long, long time. So we're like old friends. Yes, indeed. Yeah, even before it became a, a Zoomer radio. Right. Ah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, I have a question, Charlie. Mm-hmm. I, I, do, I do a little bit of grafting, mm-hmm. only for hobby. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I graft them. I pick up this wild apple tree from a ditch, mm-hmm. and I grabbed an Italian apple. Mm-hmm. Somebody brought a couple little branches from back home, mm-hmm. so I grabbed one of them. It picked two years ago. It made a nice growth, about two feet, uh, almost three feet uh, tall. Mm-hmm. But now it starts growing. I still keep them in a container. I want to yeah. see it to, to heal good before I plant them outside. Right. So it starts growing in the spring. So now it's on the second growth. But yeah. the second growth, they're about four inches long, the little branches, and they turn yellow. Mm-hmm. Do you have an idea what, what the cause or what something missing in the soil or what? Uh, it could be. And, of course, the heat has been very hard. I find when trees turn yellow early in the season. I mean, we expect them to turn yellow in September, but not right. in July. So in, in my experience, when trees of any kind start to turn yellow or go into a dormancy uh, early in the season, it's because they're struggling for some reason. It could be the heat. It could be lack of water or, or insufficient moisture. And they are basically trying to keep themselves alive by shedding their leaves and hunkering down and going dormant prior to when they would normally do so. Right, right. Uh, or, or could there be something else that's happened? You know what I'm saying? Like something has happened to stress the plant to drop, to turn, start turning yellow and drop leaves. Yeah, but the yellow, the yellow, Charlie, mm-hmm. yep. it's not a yellow that uh, the trees start to go dormant. No, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a different yellow. It's like, a, I don't know, I see like a disease or something. You know, it goes yellow because some, 
maybe weakness on the tree. Uh, okay, Not well, like, you, you... Could, you know, it could be many, many things like that because apples are susceptible to all kinds of diseases. So right, depending right. on how the yellow starts, you're right. If it starts as little spots and then the little spots join together to make big spots and then before you know it, the whole leaf is yellow, then you do suspect a disease. How, did you, yeah. Have you treated that, the little apples with anything at all in the way of horticultural oil or lime sulfur? Okay. Uh, that would be my suggestion. I mean, just but as the lime, you know, the lime sulfur is that one that, that you mix it with the water. You spray them on the tree, or you put yes. them on the. No, soil. it's all you spray, but you follow the instructions very closely. Okay, Summer okay. spray rates are very different than than spring. And and if all else fails, Nick, try sending me a photograph. You can always take a photo and email, and I might be able to help you by seeing seeing the plant. Yeah, I'm, I might do, Charlie. Okay. Yeah, I might do that. Yeah. Okay, good. Thanks anyway, for your call. I, I, thanks very much. And uh, again, I do enjoy enjoy the show. Thank you. Thank you so much. I get Appreciate it. Uh, you know, nice. I, uh, I listen to it. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Bless your heart. Okay. Thanks. Thanks for thanks calling for in. Thanks for the call. All righty. Uh, we do have to take another little bit of a break uh, okay. here. Yep. Uh, but we're going to come back and have a word with Laura in Oakville. And also keep in mind that uh, Lorraine Roberts is still on the line. I am here. You are there. And we might be calling on your expertise, uh, Lorraine, very shortly. Uh, but a uh, reminder, if you can name three of those flower shapes that uh, Lorraine talked about. You could win. Keep that in mind because we want to give away this but wonderful we have, book. Notice we have Sandra on the line, and she is calling in about delphinium. So oh, she clearly wants to talk to Lorraine. So hold on, Sandra, and we'll, we'll be quickly talking to Laura first and then on to Sandra. You got it. Thanks. Back in just a moment here on The Garden Show. Don't change stations just because the weather changes. Garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Let's go to uh, Oakville and have a chat with Laura. Good morning, Laura. Welcome to The Garden Show. Hello, Laura. Hello. Hello. Hi. Morning. How are you? Great. Good morning. Yep. Go ahead. Um, I have a problem with my lilies this year. Um, they're being eaten mm-hmm. really badly by little red like beetles yes i know what that is i bet lorraine does too i do too (laughs) what's your recommendation lorraine well unfortunately it's not available organically anymore in ontario yeah so it's neem oil yeah so it's pick and squish yeah it's pick and squish that's it eh? there's a lot of them they they like i've had them other years and i've done that Uh But this year, it's just like they've destroyed them. Yeah, it might have been that mild winter we had. There was a good yeah. survival of the. It's called um, lily leaf beetle, is That's what right. you've got causing that problem. And yes, they're just booming right now. They're yeah. just so happy because the lilies are basically in full leaf and, and bloom and bud right now. So go out there and pick and squish, I'm afraid to say. And also get the, the, underneath the leaf, there's the larvae. They, they cover themselves, unfortunately, in their own excrement. So if you get the larvae, too, yeah. that's the new beetles. So I that. see that little blackish blob. Uh, that blob yeah. has got a bug underneath it, so s- squish that, too. Yeah. Oh, Wear geez. gloves. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Hey, Laura, before you go, did you want to tr- try and win, a, win um, Lorraine's book? Yeah, answer sure. the question. All right. So the question is, were you, if you were listening back at the 9.30 when we started talking to Lorraine, we talked about flower shapes. Can you name any flower shapes? Sure. Um, Go ahead. I was listening. Uh, bells was, was one, mm-hmm. like uh, Lily the Valley. or mm-hmm. uh-huh. That's uh-huh. one, yeah. That's a plant, not a flower shape. But, so. a, but a bell is well, good. Well, a bell. Yep. Bell's good. Bell yeah. And... Um, she talked about, I think, spheres, like the circle. Uh, spider. Like uh, allium. 
Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Bill. right. Yeah, that's buttons right. and balls. balls. Yep. yep. Good. And um, she talked about buttons. Yeah. There you go. Like, ding, ding. Um, ding, ding. You got three. Yeah. You're good, Laura. You're good. You've just won. You are such a lucky winner of a beautiful book. Could you please stay on the line? Uh, Damien is going to get your phone number, and then we'll pass that on to Lorraine, and she will send you a copy of the book. Congratulations. Well, so Congratulations, much. Laura. Thank you so much. Terrific. Thank You'll you love the book. Thank you for calling. You, you will. will. All right. Sandra. Damien's busy. Yeah. He's trying to do a million things, but <laughs> if he can bring Sandra up for for us to speak with, we can talk about delphiniums. Hey, Sandra, what's happening in South Etobicoke today? Good morning. Beautiful morning. We yes, it is. In the house. Great day Lovely. to be in the garden. <laughs> um, my question about the delphiniums, I love them. Mm-hmm. They don't seem to love my garden. Mm. I grow them. They seem to think they're annuals. Oh, yeah. <laughs> which makes it a bit expensive. No kidding. Well, I bet you Lorraine, in about one minute, could explain what you could do to... I can try quickly. Yeah. First, choose choose the right kind of delphinium. Yeah. Uh, many garden centers sell Pacific Giants, which are not hardy. They're bred for the cut flower industry. Right. Oh, okay. So um, start with, say, delphinium, new millennium delphinium. Those are very hardy, long-lived delphiniums. Start with the right soil. Uh, you need to have so, uh, delphiniums are heavy feeders. They need lots of fertilizing, and if you have sandy soil, you can more or less give up on growing delphiniums. <laughs> no, it's not sandy. Okay, so amend your soil with lots of compost. Mm-hmm. If you have clay clay soil, amend it with lots of compost, and keep fertilizing it. We here we use organic fertilizers that have glacial rock dust in it. That is so. We've seen such a great increase in growth with those plants yeah, really. because of that. Mm-hmm. Um, feed them about every two to three weeks. Mm. And that's the key with the growing delphiniums, but first starting with the right plant. Yeah. It's always about the plant and the soil. Soil is integral to growing really great plants. So start with the soil and then choose the right plant. Could you give me the name of the plant again? It was millennium? It's a delphinium. They're new millennium delphiniums. So we, we grow them here at Plant Paradise. We've had huge success with them for years and years of growing delphiniums. I've grown them from seed for over 10 years. And you're quite a bit cooler up where you are compared Does, to South Etobicoke. So if they yeah. grow for you, they'll certainly grow in Toronto. So yeah, new millennium, Sandra. New millennium, yes, because it's, it's a sheltered garden. Oh, yeah. Great. Okay, good. As well, long there you as they're go. in full sun. All right. Full sun. Okay, I'll try that. Thank you. Thanks to both of you. And maybe we have time to just think to fit one more caller. I want to thank Aldina from Cambridge for getting back in the line. Our first time caller we lost, but she's here now. Hello there, Aldina. Hi, Frank. Hi, Charlie. Hi there. Hi. Yes, I have a question in regards to my spruce tree. Mm-hmm. It's an old tree. It's uh, over 30 years old. And the top is dead. I was wondering if, uh, if that's it. If it's, uh, it's not a good sign. No. Uh, first, thing, first and foremost, uh, you're in Cambridge. Go to the uh, website, I-S-A, I-S as in Sam, A.org, stands for International Society of Arboriculture. You get yourself a certified arborist onto your property who, with a trained eye, will be able to tell you what's going on with that spruce. Mm-hmm. This is at no cost to you for this person to come to your garden, tell you what's going on, give you advice on next steps, and at that point you will pay if you follow the next steps, mm-hmm. if it requires this arborist support. But it doesn't cost support. you to get that initial meeting. That initial consultation is completely at no cost, and that's exactly what you need. Oh, Okay. 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 Thanks for calling. Okay, have a good day. You too. Bye. 
Well, Lorraine, we're it's so fast. We're well, no, man, a great time. End Thanks of a racetrack. So but, uh, yeah, thank you so much for joining us. And thank you for the book. And thank you for providing a book. Uh, I will call you back yep. with the number that Damien has put aside. Okay. And uh, we'll speak again uh, to be able to follow up and award that book to the great. lucky winner. And I'll be mailing it out to the award winner. Excellent. Uh, nice. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for, obviously, for providing the book and also for joining us. Great. Appreciate thank all your you help. So Thanks, Charlie. All righty. Take Thank care. you very much, Lorraine. And I look forward to saying hi to the listeners just after 11 o'clock news from 11 to 12. I've got some music for you. You're, you're like nonstop. And I then know. you're back on it, too, I think, <laughs> yeah, aren't you? Right. Oh, man. That's right. Split shift or what? But you're such a pro. You well, pull it off. There you are. Well, yes. Thanks, Damien. Thank you, Frank. Thanks to all our great callers. See you again next week. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio. The new AM740. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio. The new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.